Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Wake up to make up. That's all we do. First you love me, then you hate me. That's okay. It's your lunchtime edition here at WABC. And clearly, uh, I conflate the music with the subject matter to be discussed in the next 45 minutes. Much better than uh, James Golden, uh, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, ever could, because this is right on point, Lou. By the way, I heard uh, interfering voice Chris Libertini. It was annoying at the start of this segment, really annoying. But this song by the Stylistics, the Philadelphia Sound, could well be played over the make-up-to-break-up theme that has existed with Donald Trump and the New York Post and Rupert Murdoch over the decades. Since Rupert Murdoch came in from Australia and purchased... Not only the New York Post, which at one time was an afternoon newspaper, the most liberal, the most progressive, and one that completely changed its editorial focus and its news focus when Rupert Murdoch came in to buy it. He bought nearby Channel 5 from Metro Media, and obviously the Fox News Network, which actually started from the... um, from the tele, excuse me, the TV tower of WNYC when the city of New York actually owned a TV station, which was ridiculous. And Rudy Giuliani was the mayor at that time and negotiated a sale that eventually led to the Fox News Channel and the incredible, the incredible expansion of their voices and their images. And their choices all over the country. And that's what you get when you're a billionaire and you invest a lot of money is the opportunity to weigh in and determine the editorial direction of a TV station, of a radio station, and of a newspaper. And we have to uh, talk about this history because Donald Trump used to be in love with the New York Post, at war with the New York Post, when he was a local figure, a national figure, in love with the New York Post, at war with the New York Post. At times, the New York Post would do devastating articles about Donald Trump, especially in his first divorce case against uh, Ivana, right? There was Ivana who recently has passed away. I mean, devastating. I remember reading it and saying, oh, my God. But then again, Donald Trump's citizen, the master builder, would feed them information about other people and curry favor with the reporters and the editors there because he would provide them with information they didn't have. And it's very much a business of you scratch my belly, I scratch yours. You provide them information they don't have, and then all of a sudden they will print something that's positive about something you're doing or something you would like in return. A master manipulator like that was Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who was known to pick up the phone and call the editor at the New York Post and feed him information directly about any of his real or perceived enemies. Anyway, it's it's the way the news business has been run 
for many, many years. And now we see all-out war. All-out war between Rupert Murdoch and Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. Let me go through uh, the litany of uh, of newspaper uh, headlines today that will give you that idea. Front page, New York Post. Don, who couldn't build a wall, had a great fall. Can all the GOP's men put the party back together again? And you have Donald Trump, the image of Humpty Dumpty on a wall. And the headline is Trump, Trumpty Dumpty. And then all of a sudden, uh, inside the newspaper, it says, Toxic Trump is GOP ballot poison. And they use a number of GOP experts to dis and dismiss the Donald. And then uh, they have a story in which he's blaming his wife, Melanie, Melanie. Uh, for the loss of Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Now, this story, I, I don't really believe. But then again, it's pile on, <laughs> on Donald Trump. <laughs> it's time to pile on Donald Trump. And let's face it, he's done it also. Uh, likewise, they love each other when the New York Post decided to team up with Donald Trump and especially Mike Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani. Against Hunter Biden. Remember every time that Donald Trump would be out on the campaign trail or even in the aftermath of his loss to Joe Biden, the campaign trail for other GOP candidates, uh, he'd always put out a shout out to Hunter Biden. Now, think of it. Where's Hunter? Okay, get, get it. So where is Hunter? I want to see Hunter ask these questions. Hunter, you know nothing about energy. You know nothing about chat. You know nothing about anything, frankly. Hunter, you're a loser. Can I hear that uh, last part again, which has traumatized my youngest son, who happens to be named Hunter? Hunter, you're a loser. Hunter, you're a loser. Hunter, you're a loser. Okay, enough Hunter. of that. So the kids in school, it's junior high school at times, when they hear this, they say, oh, my God, why does Donald Trump, uh, why is he looking for you? Why does he call you a loser? I've had to explain that to the kid a number of times. He eats over it. But when Donald Trump, and Rudy Giuliani were aligned with Miranda Levine and the op-ed page of the New York Post and obviously the editor and the guy in charge, Rupert Murdoch, about Hunter Biden's laptops, you couldn't have a better working relationship. It was synergistic, and to the New York Post's credit, they were the only one pushing this story. You remember during the campaign against Joe Biden when 50 former national security advisors declared that Rudy Giuliani was pushing out Russian disinformation with the laptops, and it proved all to be true. So we give a high five to Rudy Giuliani for that, for finding the laptops, and his pal Bernard Carrick, because uh, they shopped it around to law enforcement. None of them would take it and be interested. To Donald Trump, who continued to talk about it on his own campaign trail and has continued uh, to press the levers on this in the campaign trail that he is engaged in right before the midterm elections. And, of course, to the New York Post itself, which decided that they would stand alone and promote this story. Miranda Levine doing an amazing job in her many pieces on this subject. But then where Trump and Giuliani part company with the New York Post is over the 2020 election results. As you know, the president of the United States, formerly Donald Trump, and his consigliere, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Kumbaricic, are called election deniers, Dominion, Smartmatic, whatever, whatever the results are. 
And there are a hell of a lot of lawsuits over that. And so you had Rudy and Trump on one side, and basically the New York Post and Fox News Channel and other entities, not just them, deciding they're staying away from that. So the chasm was somewhat evident. At times they would make up in order to break up, just like the stylistic song. And now it's a complete breakup. Because as you go internally to the New York Post, you see whereas uh, Melania was blamed by the New York Post, at least through uh, internal sources, for enraging her husband, Donald Trump, for helping to select Oz as the candidate to run against Fetterman. Uh, That's a story I just can't believe. I just can't believe. But it's pylon time. And instead, there is a glowing piece right there, right alongside that of uh, DeSantis's wife, as it talks about Ron's wife is a star of her own might, having been a cancer survivor, the Sunshine State's first lady, talking about her journalistic credibility over the years and that she has crafted his message and imaging, which uh, his advertising during his campaign for re-election against the perpetual uh, candidate Charlie Crist, first a Republican, then an Independent, then a Democrat, a real enigma because... Quite frankly, Lou, you wouldn't want to get into a hot tub with Charlie Chris. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Although he was married, he had a beard. You wouldn't want to get into a hot tub. And by the way, you're living in Florida, and he uses man tan. But put that aside. So DeSantis crushes Charlie Chris. And then all of a sudden, almost every article in the New York Post is urging DeSantis to get into the fray for the next Republican nomination Lead editorial, Ron, 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 Ron. And then it talks about what a great administrator that that Ron DeSantis is and how refreshing he is. But almost every other word is negative about Donald Trump and every other word about Ron DeSantis is positive and it is clear that the um, GOP's ugly night, as the New York Post is calling it, it's Trump down, DeSantis up. That's all the letters to the editor. And I don't see it as being an ugly night for the GOP. Not at all. But we're dealing with extremes now. And this is the problem for DeSantis. He must make the run now. It's never going to get any better. He's term limited out as governor. He cannot run for governor forever. And he's not going to be running for the U.S. Senate. I mean, little Marco Rubio there, Rick Scott is there. They're not going anywhere. So he's got to make the run now. It's never going to be better for him if he looks back uh, to the time of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, the Hamlet on the Hudson, how he vacillated when that airplane was waiting on the tarmac at Albany County Airport to take him to New Hampshire Manchester to sign the papers and begin his Democratic primary process to become the nominee and then eventually possibly the president of the United States. He blinked. Chamu El Jefe, Chris Christie, when the hog farmers from Iowa, where there are more pigs than people, came to Drum Thwacket outside of Princeton, where the governor was living with his family at that time, and begged him, beseeched him, said, we will bankroll you. Get involved in the primary process. You can win it. Remember, he was Trump before there was Trump. And he blinked. And he thought, okay, later on, uh, Romney will pick me up as the vice president. And instead, he got dissed and dismissed, and Romney chose Ryan. You know the rest of that story. 
But there is Donald Trump now who has a file. There's no doubt in my mind, Lou, that he has a J. Edgar Hoover-style file on the life and times of Ron DeSantis. And for many people in public life, they have a private life that nobody knows about. For others like Donald Trump, a private life that everybody knows about now. The good, the bad, the ugly. You even take somebody at my level. Everybody knows about my life, my public life, the good, the bad, the ugly, because all the bad stuff has been out there. With Ron DeSantis, that's not the case. And Lou, who is living down in Florida, not far from Mar-a-Lago, the biggest hit man in the Republican Party history going back to Richard Nixon. And it ain't Oliver Stone. It's Roger Stone. And Roger Stone is the number one digger up of dirt in the history of the Republican Party. And remember, everything about Roger Stone is known. He's been a swinger. He's led led, uh, swingers lifestyle. He is associated. In fact, he was the campaign manager for Al Slim Shady Sharpton's attempt to run for the presidency in the Democratic primary. A lot of people don't know that. He has contacts everywhere. And if you've done something that you don't want the public to know about or you thought was buried and forgotten years and years ago, the person you don't want on your jockstrap researching is Roger Stone. It was the first person to say long ago to then-citizen Donald Trump, you should run for the presidency, and he primed that pump all the time, in good times and bad times for citizen Trump then. There's no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump, seeing the walls closing in on his opportunity to win the Republican nomination another time and become president for a second time, has reached out to his friend, his wartime consigliere, Roger Stone, and says, Give me everything you got, and then I'll give it to the Democrats who don't want DeSantis to run. They want Donald Trump to run. I'll give you more on that in coming episodes of the Lunchtime Edition of WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. Yeah, you've seen inflation affect a slice of a pizza pie and the coke that goes along with it. But that's not why we're playing Dean Martin's classic about the pizza pie. No, all roads lead to pizza pie parlors around our tri-state area because of a history of some of them, which for years uh, Lou had involved uh, gambling operations and drug deals. In fact, let me take you uh, back to 1984. I remember, remember, remember it well. It was Salvatore Toto Catalano. He was the zip from the Bonanno crime family. Siciliano. He was the head of the Zips. He had a bakery right on Knickerbocker Avenue, right in the heart of Bushwick. And uh, 
All of a sudden, the Sicilians got the pizza parlors to start moving drugs and running gambling operations uh, as an alternative way of making money. And Salvatore Todo Catalano was very successful. In fact, became the interim, uh, interim uh, leader of the banana crime family. Especially, Lou, in 1979, when he and the other Zips walked into the backyard of Joe and Mary's, never forget it, at 205 Nicobaca Avenue. And, I mean, shot Carmine Galente over and over and over. You remember that famous picture with the cigar out of his mouth as he was laid back? Basically, he took control of lock, stock, and barrel. But... Unbeknownst to them, Lou, there was a investigation going on in what they call the Pizza Connection. And a lot of these uh, wise guys went away for a long time, like Salvador Todo Catalano. Did about 30 years. Hard time. But the seeds had been planted. And not so much in drugs, because that right away would get involved the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, the New York uh, State Special Prosecutor for Drugs, uh, Drug Dealing, and obviously the NYPD. What was much easier to do was to run gambling operations out of local mom-and-pop pizzerias, especially if nothing more than to steer you towards where the action was taking place. And that's why we've got a huge situation here now going on involving... Uh, Eric Ulrich, who is the former commissioner of buildings for the Eric Adams administration. And that was like putting a fox in the chicken coop. And it has caused all kinds of ramifications because the guy was stopped by the Manhattan DA's uh, detectives, Alvin Bragg, outside of his home in Bell Harbor and Rockaway, just down the block from our own Sid Rosenberg. Lou, I told him a million times, stay away from that guy. Right? How many times do I have to tell Sid, this guy is wired up like a Christmas tree now. He's a confidential informant. And this guy, he's uh, like Pee Wee Herman, if you ever saw him before, wears a bow tie to glasses. Come on, he's no match for the guys in the Bonanno crime family. He came out of the Lindywood co-ops. Hey, just like just like Sid, he wants to be an Italian guy, Supreme Cuisine. They're not. And so he was their Maytag for years. Yeah, Maytag. Bananos wanted something. They went right to Eric Oldrich when he was the city councilman, Howard Beach, Broad Channel, the Rockaways, Ozone Park. This schmuck, these parts were going to Aldo's, and they would direct him to where the card games were taking place. He's a degenerate gambler. In fact, Louis, such a degenerate gambler, little did he realize the Bananos, just to show others what a sucker he was. They would call him up at 2, 3 in the morning because these card games normally going on at 8 o'clock at night. They find a spot. It could be somebody's basement, finished basement. It could be another cafe. It could be a, a closed restaurant. And they got uh, about 10 people in there, the poker tables, the chairs, drinks and food. They even have women to do the service like they are waitresses. And if all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a little fatigued because these games go on for like 10, 12 hours till the break of dawn, they got they got a little uh, for hire massage girl, massage, massage boy, depending on your uh, uh, sexual uh, proclivities. But the point is, they got it all hooked up. And Lou, they would call up Eric Ulrich at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they would say, hey, Eric, 
We got a game going on, and this guy would get out of bed. He wouldn't even brush his teeth, wouldn't even shower, and would run wherever the action was. And, man, they had the hooks into him big time. So then Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan, and he's a swagger man with no plan, uh, said to Eric, um, Eric Ulrich, through his chief of staff, Frank Caron, hey, you raise a million dollars, and you'll be the commissioner of buildings. Anybody in their right mind knew that Eric Ulrich was in debt to the Bonanno crime family. Yeah, it was not a well-kept secret. The whole world knew. In fact, Eric Ulrich actually acknowledged that, yeah, he liked to gamble a lot. A lot is, is, is nowhere near what he's done. And that's why you see... Article after article after article, because it's just pouring forth. It was a quid pro quo. Frank Caron, who before Eric Adams was elected mayor, made the deal with Eric Ulrich. You raise a million dollars from the construction industry, the builders, and you will become the next uh, commissioner of buildings. And that's eventually what he segued into. Mistake. Huge mistake. But then again, it's corruption central in the uh, Eric Adams administration because there's one word, one word only. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. And that's what it was all about. And so Eric Ulrich, in debt to the mob, is now knee-deep in his article after article. And I warned everyone in 2018. I warned Sid Rosenberg. I warned everybody here at WABC. I warned all the Republicans who actually wanted him to become the public advocate. We're talking about running him for mayor. I said, man, he's knee-deep to the mob. Are you crazy? They said, come on, Curtis. You see mobs everywhere. You say you look under a bed. You see mobsters choking on their lives. I'm saying, look, I'm street smart. You guys, you know what you're doing up in the suites, but you have no idea about the streets. And so now we're at a point here where Eric Adams uh, has got to make a decision because at that Department of Buildings, which is normally a fiefdom of corruption, has become even more corrupt, even though Eric Ulrich has been there briefly. If you just look at the staff that Eric Ulrich hired, the guy, right, who co-owned the pizza place in this gambling probe, Aldo's, had a no-show job in his office, and now that Ariola has won his city council seat, Joanne Ariola, she kept him on staff. <laughs> It is so totally obvious here. But the corruption continues. And I've warned Sid he's going to have a sit-down with the mayor tonight in Brooklyn. And they're going to try to get him to call into the belly of the beast. And, you know, uh, you know what, what can I say? At times, you know, Sid uh, Rosenberg is all about Sid Rosenberg. He's a bit of a stunad, right? He's, he's smart in many ways, but oftentimes... He does not know how to avoid danger, but I've done all I could to warn him. Give you the perfect example. Uh, You see Puerto Rico. You see all of a sudden Bad Bunny, right, who is like a star there in the Commonwealth. Uh, Who knows? He's probably at the old San Juan Hotel entertaining the uh, state Democrats who are all there getting wine, dined, uh, and pocket lined by lobbyists who are offshore. They call this the annual Somos Gathering. Could I have a little uh, Bad Bunny, please, set the tone here. So this is how it works out. It's offshore, and lobbyists want to wine, dine, and pocket line all the Democrats. And they're all there. The Schmuck, the Putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, Attorney General, Letitia James, 
Crime Wave, Kathy Holcomb, all the Democrats are there. And the lobbyists are sitting down with them making deals because it's offshore. And you know how they get them the money, Lou? They go to the casino right there in the old San Juan Hotel, the other hotels, and they pay off the dealers. And they pay off the guys who run the casino said, hey, make this client of mine win. Win unprecedented amounts of money. And then all of a sudden, this person who is an assembly person or a state senator, you know, they think they're big machas in the state Democratic Party. They think, oh, I got a lucky hand, just like Eric Ulrich. I got a lucky hand. No, you're not lucky. They're shoveling money so they can buy you influence. And it's all considered quasi-legal. But it's all corrupt. So all the Democrats are off to Puerto Rico, right? In the midst of this crime wave and the chaos engulfing our state and our city. And what's the battle cry they have that Eric Adams lives and die by showing me the money? Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. So now all of a sudden, uh, you know who's over there in Puerto Rico, in San Juan? collecting loot on behalf of the Eric Adams administration. Police Commissioner Siwa, what the hell is she doing there? Five days she's in San Juan. Now think about it, ladies and gentlemen. The police commissioner who's been missing in action in the NYPD, she's not permitted to meet with the chiefs, the deputy chiefs. She's only permitted to meet with the real shot caller in the police department, the tainted and corrupt Phil Banks, who's the deputy mayor of public safety, who does not have an office at City Hall, does not have an office at one police plaza, but in the nearby Verizon uh, building in which whatever happens in the Verizon building stays in the Verizon building. And the only person she meets, meets with in the police department is Phil Banks on Sundays. And I hope, I hope to God, Lou, that it's in the, it's in the pews of the nearby church and not at a no-tell hotel Holiday Inn Express. So she's over in San Juan for five days. We're funding it. Our police commissioner going over with all the Democrats there getting wine dined in pocket line. And you say to yourself, What's she doing there? We're in the midst of a crime crisis. Look at all these crimes that continue to take place in the subway system. The pipe-wielding attacker strikes subway cleaner in Manhattan female. You saw the two guys slugging it out. The white guy on a bicycle, the black guy who's a delivery guy. Nobody getting involved. Crime just engulfing the streets and the subways in New York City. And she decides to go to Somos which everybody is knows is where you pick up the loot. And all I'm going to suggest, because I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them, that a while back, our police commissioner, Sewell, decided to depart in late August. Check, check your facts, ladies and gentlemen. She left JFK in late August. Nobody knew about this trip. Where was she going? She was unaccompanied. Her Intel security force drives her to JetBlue, and all of a sudden... A uh, police officer of 37 years in the NYPD who works in conjunction with the Port Authority, Diana Pecoraro, has sensed something wrong. And she made the police commissioner, she will remove her shoes and patted her down, made her go through the uh, machine to detect if uh, there was anything that was on her person that shouldn't have been. And a lot of people said to themselves, oh, how could you do that to police commissioner? Well... 
The 37-year-old NYPD veteran was aware of something, and I'm still digging into it, ladies and gentlemen. And she paid the price because she was basically uh, exiled into the abyss. But you say to yourself, well, a police commissioner, where is she going all these times? we got a crime crisis here. You never see the police commissioner. Crime is going up and up and up. And what does uh, Eric Adams tell us about crime uh, there, Lou? What does he say about crime? Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. The perception of fear. And then all we get in the subways, because I'm in the subways each day, are these stupid PSA announcements from the police commissioner, Sewell, who's in Puerto Rico this whole week getting wine-dined in pocket line on behalf of the Adams administration. And all she can do for us as police commissioner is they play these incessant PSAs. Hello, I'm NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. New York relies on its subway system like no other city in the nation. And your NYPD officers are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to keep it safe. Enjoy your ride, and thank you for choosing mass transit. <laughs> That's really chasing away the thugs, the thuggets. The emotionally disturbed persons who are causing most of the problems in the subway, the gangs. Ladies and gentlemen, I was right about Eric Ulrich in 2018. None of you listened to me. Sid Rosenberg didn't listen to me. Bernard McGurk was alive at the time. He did not listen to me. Republicans told me to shut up, take the code of America. Come on, don't damage one of our own. Oh, so I see. We cover up for our own, and we just point out indiscretions uh, when the other tribe does it, right? You, you, you don't eat your own babies. No, no, you don't do that. And now look at this cauldron of corruption, and it all goes back to the Eric Adams administration. And tonight, Lou, your guy, walks into the belly of the beast. I warned him this morning. I was on a 725. I warned Sid, don't take this meeting, but if you're going to take this dinner tonight, you got to do me a solid. You got to do us all a solid. And when we come back, I'm going to restate the advice I gave, uh, I gave Sid Rosenberg, who's hell intent on having this dinner tonight, in which uh, he doesn't understand he's walking right into the political belly of the beast. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. No, that's we. And when uh, Sid Rosenberg enters that restaurant tonight in Brooklyn, accompanied by his beautiful, intelligent wife, the lawyer, Danielle, he's walking into the belly of the beast. The moment he walks in, Eric Adams will have on a smile like the cat swallowed Tweety Bird. I got this cracker. I got this cracker back. He needs Sid because Sid is the straw that stirs the programming here at WABC. As Lou the Veteran knows, when you do Morning Drive, you are the most listened to program of all the programs on WABC. And never, you never get more people listening than you do in the morning. And uh, 
said, along with his former partner, Bernard McGirt, outstanding job. And he continues to do an outstanding job. I look at the numbers. I used to do morning radio. If you're Eric Adams, you need a hook into the white ethnic listeners out there because your approval rating is at 29%. It's worse than Joe Biden's. So you invite uh, you invite Sid to come in and have a meal along with uh, his wife, Danielle. And there's a purpose here. So I, I told Sid this morning at 725 on his show, I said, what you got to do is when they... You gotta say to yourself, "Quando si mangia non si parla." Hey, feel your moy. When you uh, eat, you don't talk. So let Eric Adams talk. It's going to be difficult for Sid. And Eric is going to immediately reach out to Danielle. He knows already. They've done a deep dive intel that she is a lawyer of of uh, a lot of uh, recognition especially out in Great Neck amongst the Persians. Oh, they can't. they want Danielle to represent them. He's going to say, you know, Danielle, we're hiring, we're outsourcing attorneys to do work for the city because we're short of attorneys in the Corporation Council. Would you consider taking a high-level position in Corporation Council? And she'll be all for toots. And actually, Sid will be beholden to his wife. But I said to Sid, you got to send a message to Eric Adams, right? When it comes time to order, and obviously he does his vegetarian thing, you got to tell the waiter, I want the eggplant parmesan. You got that, Lou, the eggplant parmesan. And his wife, Danielle, is going to go, you always order the chicken palm. No, 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 the eggplant parmesan. And then Eric Adams is going to know that he's leveled the playing field. And Eric Adams is going to be like Salazzo was. Remember in that sit-down he had with Michael Corleone? He's going to look at Sid, and he's going to know that as Sid goes, WABC goes. And he's going to say, now let's work through where we go from here, Sid. We will have peace, but your WABC family should interfere no longer. And that's a message to me and Greg Kelly and uh, Rudy Giuliani who follow, who uh, we drop verbal napalm on Eric Adams every day. So let's see if uh, Sid Rosenberg becomes Herod. Because what Eric Adams is going to be saying is, you're the king of WABC, Sid. But let's do it in a way that benefits both of us. Light the candles. Hopefully Sid Rosenberg does not get swallowed into the belly of the beast tonight. I'll be listening all morning long tomorrow, and so should you.